You're listening to Lost or Found, the podcast where we think about what can be possible in our lives. And now, here's the host of the show, Dr. Michelle Choi. Hi, nice to have you back on Lost or Found. Thank you for joining us today. We have Sarah Luffy here to talk about her son and living with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. She's such a loving, courageous, and strong woman. It's so obvious in the interview as she talks about her family's experience with Duchenne. I've known Sarah and her family for the last couple years as we met on the flag football field and as families, we run into each other a lot at various youth sporting events as her elder son Lucian and William play together. Like our family, it seems like youth sports drives their weekends and week as well. But listening to her speak in the interview, I realize that one doesn't know what someone else experiences until one really listens to what someone else experiences. It's also caused me to wonder if we can all perhaps be a little kinder, because we ultimately don't know what someone else goes through in their day-to-day. Sarah's younger son, Joaquin, has Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Duchenne is a rare genetic disorder, primarily affecting males, causing the muscles in the body to become weak and damaged over time, and is eventually fatal. Even though I've known her family for the past couple years, I had no idea that living their lives also meant being hypervigilant and always on in a sense, as they're always watching out for their child for possible injury or the need to advocate for their child's health when they have an extra moment. My kids have a basic understanding that I have a hard time paying attention to their games. And if a parent talks to me, I get easily distracted because I also like to talk. That's a luxury. I found it heartbreaking when Sarah described in the interview that in Duchenne, milestones for a child goes backwards. Kids eventually regress, moving backwards in their development. It's hard to imagine how much strength and love someone has to have to be able to describe that reality in her child. And to be honest with you, I've always admired her family. It's not easy, but they do it. And they travel a lot for sports. They live life, and literally, they are always outdoors. Sarah knows so many people, and she is so admired. She could practically be the mayor. Chris is such a wonderful father who is there. And also always at Lucian's games are his grandparents, Cheryl and Will, and Will's pit bull French bulldog mix called Mama. I love Mama the dog. I don't think Mama cares for me too much. I barely get the time of day. She's a lover of other animals, however, and oftentimes during Lucian's games, you'll hear Mama's cries, which indicates that she's found another animal nearby and wants to play, like badly. I'm not sure if I've ever seen more supportive grandparents. Lucian and Joaquin's grandmother stands out in the hot, hot sun to watch their games. Their whole family, immediate and extended, is a reminder to all of us whom we could all be and what could be possible when love binds, even when there is pain. And on to today's interview. Sarah Luffy is a mom of two, 10-year-old Lucian and 8-year-old Joaquin. She manages multiple seaside restaurants in addition to being the founder of a nonprofit organization called Joaquin's Warriors DMD that she created after her youngest son was diagnosed with his terminal illness. In their free time, the family enjoys all things outdoors in beautiful Santa Cruz, California. You can find her nonprofit at joaquinswarriors.com. Welcome to Lost or Found, Sarah, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
And Sarah, would you mind telling us about yourself as we start our conversation? Sure. Um, I am a 43-year-old gal, mom of two kids, a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old. Um, I manage a couple restaurants um, here in Santa Cruz. Uh, I love sports. I love to be outside. Um, the beach is a very special spot for me, which is one of the reasons I love living here. <laughs> um, I run a nonprofit that I started for my younger son, and I just am constantly shuttling kids to and from sports, and that's kind of the gist of my life right now. Uh, what's your nonprofit called? It's called Joaquin's Warriors. Um, it's a nonprofit that helps uh, raise money for medical research um, to help uh, find a cure for Duchenne muscular dystrophy. We also support many boys that um, need accessible equipment, such as vans, wheelchairs, anything like that, home modifications, things that, that make their life easier. I'm not sure how you do everything, like being a mom and having your own organization you know, to support Joaquin's warrior. That's crazy. That's amazing. You just cut out sleep sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but you still look young and great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think being a parent is tough enough. How do you cope with Duchenne's? You know, um, it's a learned mechanism, I think. Um, we've been in this world now for three years, but really eight years because he's eight years old. We always knew that he ticked a little different. Um, we didn't know what it was, obviously. And this is your younger child. This is my right? younger son, Joaquin. Yeah, he's eight. And he was diagnosed just before his fifth birthday. Um, and I think in the beginning, it was very shocking. And it's a big hurdle to kind of um, readjust your life for mm -hmm. something different. But it's become like a way of life. I don't even really notice it most days. I think some days are harder than others. But, um, you know, you learn to always be on guard. You're always watching your child because they can get hurt really easily or they can fall really easily. So it's like you hear about helicopter parents and you are going to be a helicopter parent for their whole life. So you just kind of learn to move like that. It's a constant movement. There's no downtime. There's no sitting down. I don't go on play dates to the park and sit down on a bench. You know, mm -hmm. you're like constantly moving. And I think that you don't even notice it over time. It's just a way of life. Um, although this past weekend I went with just my older son, who's 10, and who doesn't um, have any, you know, extra stuff. He's just a mainstream kid. And I did realize, wow, like this is the most relaxing weekend I've had in a long time because I was sitting down and I was like able to talk to parents and give them my entire um, focus because yeah. I didn't have to worry about this other kid running around, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I and it's something that I didn't even realize because it's been so long of doing it every day. And I was like, wow, this is really relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> but also, wow, I really miss this eight-year-old that I'm mm -hmm. running after constantly. It's just, it's, it's like unlearned things so you don't even notice yeah most of the time it sounds like he's always in your periphery like you're always looking out for always. him always you cannot let him get out a broken bone can be very dangerous whereas it would be a bummer if my 10 year old broke a bone but it wouldn't be the end of the world you know but for someone like Joaquin or any boy that has Duchenne um it's very dangerous when they break bones um and it can put them in a wheelchair permanently. And so you just have to be really careful. And obviously you can't prevent everything. Things mm -hmm. are going to happen. There's accidents. They happen every day. But you want to do the best you can to prevent it. Yeah. I've always admired your family's love and strength, you know, and your togetherness. But I didn't realize like, you know, you also lived in such stress mode too. Yeah. Constant stress yeah. mode. And it, it does wear on you. But um you know, our whole family is really active and Chris and I work out every day. And I mm -hmm. think that that is huge help for us for mental um, health, you know, and just getting in physical health and just yeah. to keep our bodies um, in top shape because walking's a big boy, you know, mm -hmm. he's 85 pounds and he's on steroids. So he does gain weight really quickly. Um, and so you have to constantly, you're, you know, you're moving around this like 80 pound rock all mm -hmm. the time and so you have to you have to keep yourself in shape and you have to you know remember to use your core so you don't strain your back because it's important that we keep our body um healthy so that we can take care of him yeah you know? and you guys are also constantly outside yes we are <laughs> and you know we're so lucky that we live in a climate that you can be outside almost every day of the year you know and um we're not indoor people that's true we don't we don't really live indoors um 
And Joaquin is a sports guy. And that's hard, mm-hmm. too, because he wants to play every sport. I think it would be easier if he was like a TV guy <laughs> or, you know, like a video game guy or, or a bowler. I don't know, you know, but he wants to play football and he wants to play baseball and basketball. And, and you know, I want to make those things happen for him, too. So we just modify, we like make up different ways of, of uh, doing mm-hmm. sports for him. You know, you're totally right. He always does have a ball in his hand. Always. Oh, we don't leave the house without a ball. <laughs> I, I just learned to keep him in my trunk because I know if we get somewhere and I don't have a ball, I'm in trouble. <laughs> what kind of ball does he prefer? You know, right now it's a basketball, but I think that's because his brother's in basketball season. Uh-huh. Um, but it's kind of what Evolution's doing is what we're doing. So he'll carry around a baseball, a football, basketball, soccer ball. Soccer's a big one for him, too. He loves soccer. That's and so lovely. Generally, most of Evolution's coaches are so awesome that they'll, you know, they'll they'll put him in at some point just in practice and let him, like, pretend to do stuff, even if it's just along the sidelines. And I think that's really all he needs. You know, he just wants to belong on a team. I can see how that feeds his soul, too, Mm because he loves it so much. He does. He does love it. Like when the boys went to their last flash tournament, their football with John, Mm -hmm. your husband, and they won the tournament and they got rings. And the director of the whole tournament came over and gave Joaquin a ring. And I remember like driving home and he was like, I won the tournament. And I'm like, you sure did. <laughs> that was a really beautiful picture with him yes. wearing the huge, was, gigantic ring. I mean, ring, you saw you know? his smile on his face. It was yeah. like as big as his whole face. So that's the stuff that really fires him up, you know. What was it like? What's it like when milestones for your child are different? They're different. They go backwards, honestly. Mm-hmm. So you're, it's, a, it's such a unique um, disease in that they, you know, they start their life off just like every other kid. And they hit the milestones, you know, the walking, the running. The, some, some of them even learn to ride a bike. But then it goes backwards. So mm-hmm. that's always really difficult because they're watching their peers excel and do more and more things. But they're having the opposite thing happen to them. Um, and so and birthdays are hard because there's, there's a nut, you know, a there's a set amount of birthdays that they're going to have with Duchenne. So it's that's always hard. But Joaquin is also, he's such he's an optimist in the way that he's like, I can't wait to be nine and I can't wait to be 10, you know, and I can't wait to go to junior high and high mm-hmm. school. And, and so it's exciting still for him to grow older because he's excited about it. So that's what feeds me, you know. But yeah, milestones are difficult for him. And, um, you know, watching his friends that are his age, now they're doing other things with kids that can do those things with him and he doesn't get to do that and so sometimes his friends are a lot younger than him because that's kind of physically where they're the same mm-hmm. um but he does have a good group of kids around him where they'll include him no matter what and they know you know most of his peers understand and most of lucian's peers understand and lucian's peers are actually even better they'll like really include walking and they're always looking out for him yeah. and so and they'll come to he's his like birthdays. everyone's little brother yeah he really is like everyone's little brother that's mm-hmm. a great way to say it yeah yeah. Has it started going backwards for him then, do you feel? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, he's definitely regressing. He's he's moving slow. And a lot mm-hmm. of it is, you know, there's a lot of different factors. But he's on steroids. So that makes his bones brittle. And it makes him gain weight. And so those th- are things that slow you down, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, there's kind of no way around that right now. I mean, we could stop steroids, but then he wouldn't be walking. So it's a catch-22 in that way. Um but I think as long as he's happy, then that's what I care about, you know. Does he understand? I mean, he must know, right? He understands vaguely mm-hmm. um, what's going on. Another, you know, thing with Deshen is that your brain, it fires by protein and mm-hmm. he lacks protein. So he also has like learning disabilities. And so he's he's a lot younger than eight, in, mm-hmm. you know, mentally. Um, so he doesn't totally get that. You know, although we did run into um, a little girl at the beach the other day who has a form of muscular dystrophy. It's not Duchenne. Um, It's called limb girdle, but it's very similar. It's Mm -hmm. actually more rare. And they have the same gait. Like they walk the same. It's a very, very pronounced gait. Like you can tell it a mile away. And so he saw her and I met the parents and and he was like, she has what I have. And I'm like, she does. She has what you have, you know. And she was older and she didn't have like the mental disabilities that Mm -hmm. he has. Um, and they were able to play and they talked a little bit about it. And I thought that was so neat, you know, yeah. that it wasn't such a, this weird thing. Like here's a, here's a girl mm-hmm. at the beach in your hometown who has the same thing that you do, you know, and look at her. She's, she's moving around. You guys are both yeah. playing in the water. So and he was, could identify her. Yeah, he did. And he really like, I could see mm-hmm. that there's a little bit of light that went on in his head. Like, oh, you know, this is someone else. But, you know, he's around other kids with the Shen because we go to conferences. And mm-hmm. and so there'll be – those are always really cool because everybody's the same. 
you yeah. know, and all the parents get it. So it makes life really easy, even, even just for those three days. It's like you could put your guard down yes, for a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Does he ever get frustrated? Oh, yeah. Very mm-hmm. frustrated. I mean, if you in your mind thought that you could do something, but then you can't tell your body to do it, like yeah. it's frustrating, you know? Um, and also being on steroids doesn't help. I mean, we all mm-hmm. have heard Roy rage, you know, and that's that's a thing. Even for an eight-year-old, he gets he gets in these things and he just gets so angry. It can make you feel manic. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you can see it. And it's so hard because it's like, it, you know that that's not him. Yeah. That's it's coming out rock. of his body, yes. but that's not him. Yes. Yeah. So that's always really hard. I'm always like, gosh, what would his personality be like if this wasn't a thing? But, you know, he's always, even before he was on steroids, mm-hmm. he's always been just like frustrated. Like you can tell. He's yeah. always been like, ah, something's wrong, you know? So it's not just the steroids. It's like he's always been like that. Yeah. I think, like, you know, he must live life so much more differently. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, like, many of us probably couldn't do what he's doing in his shoes. And yeah. I think that's a testament of strength. Agreed. Agreed. Encourage totally. as a child, you yes, know? Yes. Yeah. And I don't even think that he knows it, you know, yeah. which makes it better I think like he doesn't know that he has to work so much harder than his peers you know he has a very unique way of seeing the world and I think we can all learn from that actually I agree and I think little things like little things that we might take for granted you know like I don't know like winning a soccer game for him that's like makes his whole week you know like even though it's Lucian that won the soccer game he's like we won and that's all he needs to fire up his week you know what I mean it's the little things. But good for Lucian. Yeah. Like his brother wants yeah, to celebrate give, for a yes, week. You exactly. Know? <laughs> exactly. You know? Or snack. Snack is a big deal for him at the end of the game. Like he lives yeah. for the snack. You know that. I do too, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's constantly digging in your purse looking for snacks, you know? I mean, those, just even those little things like light him up so much. Yeah. yeah. The things we take for granted and the fact that he never does. Yeah. Yeah. You and know? it's a unique perspective for me too. It's like I never. I never knew that it was a gift to be able to run, Yeah, you know, and now I do. And so when I run, I'm like, this. I'm so lucky I get to do this right now yeah. or ride a bike, you know, or any anything big physical thing that you take for granted. And you've always been very, very active, yes, right? Yes, always, my whole life, yeah. 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 How do you cope with Duchenne's as a family or how has it affected your family, actually? Um, it's hard, you know. We're constantly um, struggling. I think that a lot of times, like, Chris and I will give each other a break. Like, he'll he'll be like, I'm going to go take the kids and go do this, you know, and give you a break. Or I'm going to take Joaquin even and give you a break. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're lucky that our the grandparents are really involved with our family. And so they also will be like, let us let us take the kids. Let's, you know, give you a break. And everybody needs a break. Even yeah. people that don't have, you know, a kid with a, that ticks a little different. We all need a break from our children. But I think even with the Shen, it's like, you really need a break, you know. But you don't. You can't really take a break. Like, even if they're gone, I'm like, I'm, I should research, you know, these clinical trials mm-hmm. or I should um, look at different medicines that are out on the market. Like, you, you you constantly feel like you have to, like, keep looking. Like, there's got to be something out there, you know? So, like, you feel guilty if you're, like, laying down reading a book or something like that, you know? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't imagine, like, you're always, I think it's so beautiful that you're always advocating for him, but you mm-hmm. really can't turn it off. You cannot. And it's all about making connections and you, you know, you don't know. You'll find that one scientist. Mm-hmm. If I if I don't go to this conference, I might miss one scientist that, I don't know, has a cure for my son's one deletion. You know, I mean, the, yeah. the, the thing that's complicated about Duchenne is that there's, it has to do with the dystrophin gene and there's so many different deletions or duplications and that's what makes the disease such a hard one to cure that every kid is different there's not two cases that are the same so if you think of the hundreds of thousands of kids that have this Mm -hmm. and like how do you cure something that is wildly different from one to the next you know so there's different scientists working on different cures for different deletions or duplications Mm -hmm. and so what if you miss that one scientist that might be working on the care for your kid you know, so I'm constantly like if, if I have the option to go to a conference, I'm there. If I have the option mm-hmm. to speak at an event, I'm there because you just don't know who you're going to meet, you know, or who you're going to touch. Like what family might be struggling that needs to hear something that came out of your mouth, you know, yeah. that will help them. How do you sleep then? <laughs> <laughs> very, very few minutes. Now, um, I'm trying to get better at that because sleep, you know, is so important. Um, so I'm trying to get better at going to bed earlier. But I do a lot of my like work at night when the kids go to bed because that's the downtime that you have you know yeah my kids get up really early 
And so, like, but you mean you're looking for like research? Yeah, and- research or um, working on events or, you know, um, brainstorming, all that kind of stuff I do when they go to bed. Yeah. And so those are like my hours. And so sometimes my brain gets going and it's like, oh, no, now I have to turn it off. And it'll be like midnight or one in the morning. I'm like, I really need to go to bed. And it's on. You know, yeah. And it's on because I still have a regular mm-hmm. job that I do, yeah. you know, and I work full time. So it's like I have to be able to do that job too. And that job I do a lot at home also because it's just a big job, you know? So it's yeah. just, it's constant. I think you deserve sleep though, Sarah. <laughs> I do deserve sleep. Everybody does. You're right. Yeah. You're totally like right. sometimes I remember like I was like working overnight in the uh-huh. hospital and you would still be up. Yeah. And I was kind of amazed that you were still up, I you know. know? I know. I know. I need to go to bed earlier. I definitely do. But I'm an early riser too. So no matter what time I go to bed, I'm going to be up at six. Yeah. Regardless. Do you feel like you're hard on yourself? Oh, yeah. I think that any mom, well, I think moms in general are hard on ourselves. Um, But I think that any mom with a kid um, that, you know, has something else going on is hard on themselves. It's hard to take time for yourself. But I think I've gotten a lot better at that Mm -hmm. over the last year, maybe 18 months of carving out time for things that make me happy, like exercise and like getting my nails painted, you know, little, little things that, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, that makes me feel good. Just even to like sit down. Yeah. Sit down with and a take cup of a breather tea or a cup of coffee, you know. Yeah. I try to do that once a day. I, I do try to get up before my kids so that I can have, a, you know, 30 minutes with my cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, get your mind right. Get ready. Are you doing something then or do you do nothing? I'm usually like scanning, you know, social media or something mm-hmm. like that, looking at all the stuff. Awesome. I mean, that goes, <laughs> you know, you know that's, that'll eat your time in a second. You For know you, I, mean? I think it's like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like my, my mindless time. I don't watch TV. I don't watch movies. I don't have time for it. So yeah. that's kind of my like TV movie time is just scanning that real quick in the morning and then moving on from there. Did you feel like when you, when uh, Joaquin was diagnosed, did you and Chris blame yourselves? Um, you know, it's a genetic disorder, mm-hmm. um, but uh, there are very there are a small amount of cases that are called spontaneous mutations. So at first, yeah, I was panicked because it comes mm-hmm. from the mom, and so I thought, oh my gosh, not only oh my gosh, I give this to my kid, but if I also have the gene, then I'm going to have heart issues. And can you imagine like having a medical issue yourself when you have a kid that has one because you want to be able to be healthy and, yeah. and be alive for your child's life, especially, you know, any mom does. Especially but, everything you have to go yeah, through for ex- that child. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but Joaquin is a spontaneous mutation. So that means that I don't carry the gene. It was just a fluke, you know. And so I think that um, we don't blame ourselves for that. Good. But I think that it would be really hard if, mm-hmm. if I did have the gene and um, I gave it to him. That would be a different, we would be yeah. talking about something different, I think. But I think that's not what we can control. No, we you can't know, control right? that. But I think that it would Our be hard to not. Mind, yes, yeah. yeah, yes. Yeah, nobody can control that. You know, you yeah. don't get control of what you're born with, you know. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like you've been hard on yourself? Um, I think just, gosh, you know, like maybe feeling like I'm not doing enough or I'm not like mm-hmm. going to enough events. Or you see <clears throat> there's other families that have nonprofits and I feel like they're constantly – like fundraiser, they're constantly doing things, but then I remind myself that they don't work a regular job also. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I have to give myself that grace and knowing that I work 50 hours a week on top mm-hmm. of the nonprofit, on top of having another kid that I want to, you know, give all the opportunities to, you know. So in that way, I've been hard on myself. It just, it's a hard one for sure, you know? Yeah. It just seems like so much, it too. Is. It is. It's so much. And constantly. then when you're somewhat relaxing but not relaxing, no. you always see your child in your periphery. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you can't let always. go. Yeah. Yeah. And we're constantly not at the house because the house mm-hmm. is like a safety zone. You know, you have it all set up for what you do in a daily, yeah. day-to-day basis. And so when you're outside, there's all these extra variables. Like, I don't do the park, really, because it's scary. And there's mm-hmm. a, a million things that can go wrong at the park, you know? Um, the beach you mean on the really playground, hard. you mean? Yeah, the playground, yes. The beach is hard because you can't walk on the sand. So if we're going to the beach, we got to do the wagon. And you're putting this 85-pound kid in a wagon and pulling him across the, the soft sand, you know. So you have to, like, gear up for yeah. all the possibilities of what you're going to do. Um, you know, the pool, somebody has to be in the water with him 100% mm-hmm. of the time, you know. So it's all these different things. And that I don't, I don't mind doing all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. I, I like it and I like, you know, that he gets excited about it. But it's certainly not relaxing yeah. <laughs> at all. Is there any kind of relatively safe place then? The movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm feeling really tired, I'm like, can we let's go to the movie? 
That's awesome. But then if you're at the movie theater, you can't use the restroom by yourself. Like, I can't leave him in the mm-hmm. movie theater alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, I could leave Lucian or something, you know? Can friends help you? Though? They do help. Yes, yes. And normally if I'm going to do something um, big, like the pool or the beach, I'll make sure that I have someone with me, another adult. You know, whether it's yeah. Chris or a friend or somebody else that can watch him if I need to, like, I don't know, run to the restroom or yeah. go get food or, you know, whatever it is. Because everyone sees your family and admires your family, I would imagine, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think sometimes all of us don't know how to help. Yeah. I could see that. I can definitely see you know? that. I think, and we want to help. Yeah. You know? No, I get that. And I think in the beginning, I remember telling people, um, don't stop telling us about your problems. Like, I think sometimes Mm -hmm. people will be like, I can't complain to them. Like, they have this huge thing going on. But it's like, when people complain to you, it makes you feel normal, you know? Even if it's like, my water hose broke or, you know, Mm -hmm. I got a flat tire. You know what I mean? All those silly things, Uh you know? Because it makes you feel like you're still, you know, like, you're normal. So you don't really feel like you want to tell them to shut up or anything? No. (laughs) I don't ever. I don't. I don't feel like that at all. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 it makes me feel normal. I love when people are just talking normal with me, you know, hanging out. I think the ways that people can help us is just by hanging out. Because mm-hmm. Joaquin's so social. He's incredibly social. And, you know, in his perfect world, we would have 20 people at the house every night. <laughs> Honestly. Every night I, I get him and he's like, who's coming over tonight? And I'm like, it's, it's Monday. It's a school night. You know, we're having dinner. We're going to bed. And he's like, we can have some friends over. Let's put on some music. Let's play, you know. Every oh my gosh, night. he's a partier. He's a partier. He just likes to be around a lot of people. The that's more the so merrier. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a good way to help when people invite us over. I always am a yes, you know, unless we have like a sport, something going on. Because um, he just, he loves it. Yeah. You know? And like shuffling the kids to all their events is so exhausting. exhausting I can't imagine. You know? yeah, like, yeah. Like sometimes I just want to curl up, you know, uh-huh. after. I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, I have, we have a, a whole calendar that's on our desk and it has every single little thing written down and where mm-hmm. we're going and what we're doing. The grandparents all have the same calendar. I made it for them. So we all know where we're going and what uniform we need. And But it's a constant, you know, crisscross like you do, I'm sure. And I think your family, the example of your family is so beautiful because you have your extended family. We do. And I, we would, and I don't parents, know how we would do this without them. They're honestly. so very much a part of your yes. lives. And I think that's an example to all of us. Yes. We have our family, but we also have, like, a really strong network of friends mm-hmm. that have done incredible things for us over the last three years. Yeah. Where I still am, like, you know, it's shocking the amount, the way that people have stepped up for us. Mm-hmm. So, you you know, you remember people, I mean, donating thousands of hours of their free time, mm-hmm. you know. Showing up at 6 a.m. to set up for events. Showing up at 9 p.m. to break down events, you know. Yeah. It's really, really a testament to, to the community that we live in. And, and we're so insanely lucky to live here. And to have the people backing us that we do. Knowing that Duchenne's is progressive, how do you stay in the moment and enjoy, like, what is now? I think that's why you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are always asking me, just like, you know, people I hear, you're constantly on the go. Or, gosh, you guys are doing that today. Didn't you just do this yesterday? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I'm always like, yes, yes. But I don't. I have this unique perspective. And it's a beautiful perspective to know that I am not promised tomorrow. You know, there's an end date and I want to make the most out of every single day. And, you know, you I would rather be where we are than to be somebody that spontaneously loses a child because they don't know that's going to happen, you Mm -hmm. know, and all of a sudden one day their life is totally different. And maybe they if they knew they would have taken their kid to the boardwalk 10 days in a row. You know what I mean? So I think that I take every opportunity to do whatever I want with my kids, you know, and um like today, I'm like, I have a whole day with them after this. And I'm like, what do you guys want to do? Like, let's go swimming. Let's, you know, let's do something. What it's do they want to do? I think we're going to go to the pool on some of some friends, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have sports tonight. But it's just, yeah. you know, it's a beautiful day outside. We're so lucky we live here. We, I still consider our family lucky with all, all things considered. I really do. I think like considering how he sees the world, like if you can stand back and look at it. I think none of us can consistently see it the way he does. Yes. Like, he's ready to get up and go. He is ready. He's ready. You know? Yep. He is absolutely ready. And it's I'm, like a different lens or perspective yes. that I think we can all learn from it when yeah. we see him. And it's a beautiful thing. And I think that he is giving a huge gift to the kids in our community and them seeing, you know, like, what what other kids are going through. Mm-hmm. You know, I when I grew up, I don't think that I knew really anyone that was 
close that had any kind of disability really you know and um so I just didn't even think that that was a thing I don't think you know and so I think it's it's a really beautiful gift that he's giving his peers Mm -hmm. and I think even like the kindness and compassion which goes all different ways Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. I think we're all meant to come together as a community and I think he brings that I agree I agree and I think that and sometimes we forget we're connected to each other yeah we are we're all a family Mm -hmm. you know um, and I think Santa Cruz is unique in that it's such a tight family. I mean, yeah. I don't think that every town is like this. Um, and I, there's pockets of groups, but they all kind of intermix together, you know, and it's, it's pretty great. Yeah. Like all different kinds of people can really get together, mm-hmm. you know, Way traditionally different. cool people, yeah. and nerdy yes. people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you really can see some different walks of life when you get in yeah. a big group of people. It's true. Know? It's interesting. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fantastic that's we don't want to be the same we want to be all different you know alternatively I was also wondering do you also feel like you have to be like present every single moment to be on do you feel like you need to disengage and have some like it's okay to not be okay moment absolutely I do absolutely um I feel like I always have to be on I do feel like that um at work I always have to be on and you know Mm -hmm. I manage you know 200 I call them kids, but they're 18, 20 year olds, they're kids. Um, so I'm constantly on, you know, firing all the time. Um, but yeah, sometimes I have to disengage, you know, I'll, um, it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> um, but I'll go out with girlfriends or I'll mm-hmm. go to dinner with a friend or I'll, I don't know. Can you let go when you're out with girlfriends? Usually I do. Yeah. As mm-hmm. long as my kids are with someone safe, then I can let go. Yeah. 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 Um, and obviously I would always leave them with someone safe. So I can, I can let go. Yeah. And you know, most of the time, if I am, I'm with people that know my life. So it's easy. It's easier, yeah. I would say. Um, but yeah, I don't get a ton of time to let go. Mm-hmm. I just don't I, don't. I don't have the physical time to do it, you know. I think you deserve it, though, <laughs> I Sarah. I know. Or I'll be like, you know, if I have a day off, I should really work. Because if I work, then I can make more money. Mm-hmm. And then I can, you know support more or we can do more with the kids or I can you know fund more research or I don't know it's a constant battle like that you know what I mean yeah you're definitely like the engine that can and could and will you know yeah I'm a go but I think you need a break I do I do to refill up your tank yeah you know yeah or just to really really like chillax yep you know I feel I feel like you're always on the move yeah I do I sometimes I'll drive to work and I'll just sit in my car for 30 minutes in the parking lot <laughs> with a cup of coffee like okay <laughs> it's quiet in here it feels good you know yeah um but yeah I'll definitely do that or sometimes I drive pull into my driveway and I'll sit in my car for a while too you know like okay 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 you know this was something I've been wondering how do you deal with like the continuous like low-level grief or sometimes a lot of grief with um, Shens? great question I we call it a lot of parents um in the world in this world call it um anticipatory grief because Mm -hmm. it's it's not here yet well it is because you've been diagnosed but like the end is not here yet but you're waiting you're constantly waiting for it you know um I think that in the beginning I was a mess and I would cry every day Mm -hmm. every day um and I think now um I have moments really really hard moments um but they're really a lot more spaced out than they were before. Mm-hmm. And I try to recognize um, when I'm not having them and give, you know, give myself a pat on the back, like I'm having a really good day. I'll, I'll always voice that. Like someone say, how are you doing today? I'm like, I'm doing really good. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's important for me to like um, verbalize that for myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel to it. To hear it. Yes. To um, believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. true. You know, I won't say it if it's not true. Um, but I have times, sometimes full days where I cry the entire day. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's beautiful the way you say it, like, you'll have those, that anticipatory grief, but mm-hmm. then there's periods where you you feel good. Yeah, you know, I do. Relying on that. Yeah, you have to. I think you have to have both. And, you know, I used to um, hide when I would cry, but it's really inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> so now I just don't. I think I've gotten so used mm-hmm. to crying that I'm like, you know, if I'm in the grocery store and I'm crying, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, um... One of the beautiful things about does anyone ask you? Not really. I mean, at work, yeah, because they're co- they're comfortable with me. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times at work, I'll hide in like the walk-in fridge um, if I'm crying because that cold air kind of like it's refreshing it, and it dries up the tears. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> but one of the beautiful things about when we were masking was like the mask covers up so much 
that I could get away with crying with my mask on mm-hmm. and nobody would really know, you know, like my eyes would be watering, but that would be it. Um, and sun, you, know, you pop some sunglasses on and you're good to go, you know. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, there are times, a lot of days, I, I had one recently where I just cried the entire day and then I, it's exhausting. It's exhausting yeah. doing that. I forget how exhausting. And you wake up and you almost feel like you have like this hangover. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a, a crying hangover. And some days it will bleed into the next morning and you're like, oh, no, and a whole nother day of this, you know? So it's hard. You got to like, I have to work on getting myself out of it. You're absolutely right. Like, I think we can all get stuck in that moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I think that moment, those like moments are so prevalent in your life for you to constantly come out of it. Yeah. You're constant. Or constantly walking. Yeah. You know, walking towards the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's hard. And there's little, and you, you know, the hard part about it, a grief in general, is that it's not linear. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the first things I always hear people see, say when they are first experiencing like grief for the first time in their life, because you think that it's, you think that there's all these stages of grief, right? And they go like one, two, three, four, five, six, but they don't. It's like one, three, four, two, one, five. You know what I mean? It's all over the place and it's unpredictable and it comes out of nowhere and it can mm-hmm. be set off by nothing. Or it can be set off by something. You just don't know. Or sometimes something big will happen, like Joaquin will take a, a really hard fall or something will happen mm-hmm. with him. And we walk away from it and nothing happens. And I'm like, whew, we just skirted that and it, you know, and it didn't affect us, you know? So it really is unpredictable. I can't say what sets it off and I can't say what doesn't. Do you feel like there's like elements of PTSD too? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Even if you skirted like a bad event, it's still traumatic. It's traumatic and you think about it. You yeah. definitely think about it. Yeah. Or like waiting for the next moment. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's a lot of mental um, exercise for sure. Do your children see you cry? Yes. I don't hide it from them because I want them to too if they want to. You I know? love that. Yeah. I think I, it happens so much that I can't hide it from them. Because then mm-hmm. how would I parent? <laughs> yeah. What does Joaquin say when he sees you cry? You know, he is such a doll. And he will come up to me immediately and he'll hug me and he'll make sure I'm okay. And he's just, he's a cuddler in general. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he's really good at it. Lucian gets quiet, you know, mm-hmm. and he'll he'll check on me. But he's more, I think, scared of it. So he'll. Yeah. The way I see Joaquin and his loveliness and his loving, you know, yeah, it's kind of the way like I imagine God like in person, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. he's much more like God in a way. Yeah. He's like he's seeing, the, feeling the compassion, mm-hmm. the love. He is. And he is such a good um, friend in that way, too. Like mm-hmm. if he sees someone get hurt or, you know, something's not right, he'll go and check on them. You know, are you OK? You know, he's really good. At, he noticed he's a noticer. Yeah. There are kids that are noticers and there are kids who are not. And noticing is good sometimes, and sometimes he notices mm-hmm. too much. And I'm like, does he cry? Stop noticing stuff. He, um, you know, he doesn't cry a lot. He actually took a fall yesterday and he cried, but I think that he cried because it was in front of a lot of Lucian's peers, and I think mm-hmm. he was embarrassed. And so that turned into tears, you know. Mm-hmm. But Lucian has great friends, and they all came up to him and checked on him, and you know, made sure he was okay. And I think that that helps a lot too, you know. Yeah. But I think he he's not a big crier. You know, he's a whiner sometimes. <laughs> you know, those whines where it's like nailed on a chalkboard, he'll get into a whiny stage. But I think, you know, all kids do that sometimes. Um, but yeah, he's he's a he he's a pretty big rock star. Do you have a strong Duchenne's community? We have a huge and- strong community. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot in our area. Um, there's the one gal I was telling you about that we saw at the beach, but it's not she doesn't have Duchenne, she has um limb girdle. But um there's a good grouping of people in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And then there's just, a, you know, obviously there's hundreds of thousands of cases everywhere. So, um, but we met a really strong group through just conferencing and things like that. And we actually went last summer and visited a family in Arizona um, that we grew, that we've grown close to um, and who fight, they fight every day too, just like us. And, mm-hmm. and it's just nice to be around people like that. They get it. Yeah. How yeah. old is their child? Their child is younger. Um, I think he, gosh, I don't know how old Fritz is. I think he's maybe six years mm-hmm. old. Um, and so we, our kids, and they have other boys also and girls, um, but Lucian can play with the older boys. It's just a nice, it's an easy coupling. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It works well. Um, and we're going to go to conference again. We go, gosh, I think we go to Arizona in a month or so. 
And so we'll get to see all of those families again. But I have a, a pretty great group of moms that I can call if I'm having a yeah. situation, you know. And even they know everything. I mean, there's moms that have been in this world for mm-hmm. 10, 20 years. You know, there's a lot of moms that advocate that, that their sons aren't here anymore, but they're just making it their life mission mm-hmm. to, to help people. And anything, you know, anything from IEPs and school, mm-hmm. trying to, to get all the information to, you know, therapists and all this stuff. There's a, there's a huge community in Duchenne that will help you no matter what. How do you deal with it when you see like, you know, other people's, um, you know, meeting other people whose sons aren't here anymore mm-hmm. or seeing another child's progression of disease? Like, it's how hard. do you deal with that? Sometimes I, ha- I can't. Sometimes I check out a bit. And I mm-hmm. won't, I'll, I won't look for days. And then other days I'll get totally immersed in it, you know. Um, there's a lot of, like, um, social media groups dedicated to it. And so if you start reading, if you go into them, <clears throat> you're going to see sad stuff. It, it, mm-hmm. You know, people, boys die every day. Um, so I think some days if you're mentally strong enough, like, it's, a, it's something I can navigate. But other days I'm like, I'm not going there, you know, mm-hmm. too hard. So, but it, it is difficult to see. But I, I. I get into these spaces where I don't want to look too much because it will be my reality, you know, 24 hours a day yeah. eventually. And so I just want to live in this moment right now. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it's better not to anticipate yes. that. Yes. And to just take what is now yes. and the blessings that yes. that become more obvious when you're not anticipating for like a future. Totally. It's like that that will be there when it's here. I don't need yeah. to do it right now. You know, it's almost like self-punishment in a way to look. Yes. Yes, you need know? to look at all the machines that I need. Yeah, I know I'm going to need all those machines, but I'm not going to, I don't want to deal with that right now. Yeah, I, I think that really makes sense. With. Yeah, it's enough. Right now is yeah. enough. You know, like every day really is a blessing. Mm-hmm. It really, it, that that is not a cliche, mm-hmm. you know. And if he's upset about falling in front of other children, that's an amazing, Yeah, <laughs> you know. And, I, you know, I think that that's not even unique to Dishan. I think, yeah. you know, kids don't want to. Do exactly. stuff like that. In He's front a of their person, peers, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get the embarrassment. I get that. I think that Lucian would have been embarrassed too. You know. How has it been for Lucian to have a brother with Duchenne? It's hard for him. You know. I mean, um, with Joaquin's um, mental disabilities, you know, Lucian is constantly having to help him. You know, especially like with video games and mm-hmm. stuff. Like if Joaquin can't figure out how to get into the video game. I'm I'm also not a video game person, so yeah. I'm not no help. So Lucian, you know, will be doing his own thing, and he'll have to stop and go over and help his brother mm-hmm. do this. And sometimes it's incessant. The help that he wants from Lucian is incessant mm-hmm. sometimes, and I can see it in Lucian, like when he'll get to a breaking point, and then I'll be like, okay, you need to do something on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to go be you, be your ten year old self. You know, your carefree ten year old self. But you know, Lucian is also Joaquin's like. Joaquin thinks the world of Lucian. He, he, that's his like hero, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lucian is does a pretty good job, I would say, of um, accepting everything. He'll help Joaquin get dressed, you know, especially if he wants Joaquin to go play with him, you know. Then he'll help him get his clothes on and stuff. And he'll let me know if something happens. Like for instance, mm-hmm. if I'm working out in the morning at home, and they're in a, a different room, and something happens, he'll come get me immediately, you know. Yeah. So he knows to keep his brothers safe. Um, but it's hard for him. And I think it's important for him to get away and get his own time. And I think most 10-year-olds don't have to do what Lucian no, has to do. No it's way. Like, he has like a job, yes, you know, by yeah. being the brother. And yep. I can't imagine how frustrating it must also be, even though very, you love this person. Very, very frustrating. And um, Joaquin is also one of his tics is he's a chatterbox. Like he does not stop talking ever, <laughs> just, just not stop talking. And it. It can be like the same sentence over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and it won't stop. What's the current sentence? Oh, I mean, it could be anything like, Lucian, this is a fun game, huh? Lucian, this is a fun game, huh? Uh-huh. I mean, over and over. Mm-hmm. And Lucian, I look at him and I'm like, do you want to walk away right now? Because I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Walk away. Go into the other room, you know? Yeah. You give yourself a break. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's going to make him a better person, mm-hmm. you know? It's a hard spot for him, but it's going to make him a better person. And I and I think that Joaquin, you know, he needs to have Lucian, and Lucian needs Joaquin, you know. So there's I, a reason. Yeah, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I get I get Lucian away for his own playdates, you mm-hmm. know, on a regular basis. So he has his own stuff where he can just be a normal ten year old. 
Um, but then he needs to play with his brother too, mm-hmm. you know? Do you feel like Lucian is constantly on the on mode too? I do. He does. He, he's good at checking out. He'll mm-hmm. check out. Um, you know, he'll immerse himself in a video game and check out. Or, um, But yeah, he is. He is. Mm-hmm. He's constantly go, go, go. He's definitely more like me in that way. Sarah, how do you make it less overwhelming? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, gosh, you know, I think planning things for me that um, I can look forward to is mm-hmm. a big one. Um, something, I don't know, even if it's a day trip with a girlfriend to a spa or something, or even if it's, I don't know, little things like that, you mm-hmm. know, a dinner date or something like that, little things that we can look forward to. Like this past weekend, I went to Reno with Jess Lucian for a basketball tournament, and I was really looking forward to that. And it was it was a break for me, you know. Did you gamble? I don't gamble. <laughs> um, but the other parents do, and so they did, and I took the kids, and it was, I mean, I had a fantastic time, mm-hmm. you know. We did batting cages, and we swam, and played video games and it was very enjoyable. So for me that's that's something that, you know, fills my cup and recharges me even though it's work. It recharges yeah. me still. And you're outside, it sounds like. And I'm outside. <laughs> you know, I love being outside. Yes. Yeah. What do you cherish? Um, little things. Um, running, the abilities that I have, um, being with my kids, the fact that they're healthy in general, you know. Um, that we're all here, we're safe. I have my parents. I cherish my family. My friends are big, big. Um, I don't have brothers or sisters, so my friends are really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I cherish those relationships, really. I think you've really made a solid community around you, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm a networker. Everyone knows you. <laughs> Someone said once, you collect people. And I said, I do. I like to collect people. I love meeting new people. They're just, I mean, people are wild and interesting. And I think that Growing up, you think that you have your friends and those are going to be your friends forever. And they will. Mm-hmm. But you're never too old to make new friends ever. And I think that that's really been um, a blessing for me in, in meeting new people all the time, you know. Beautiful. What word of advice would you give to those who see people in similar situations? Um, I think always. Um, gosh, what would I give advice? I think, uh, man, I don't know asking them if they need help. Even if you see, like, sometimes I'll be struggling. I have this kid in a wheelchair. I got another kid. I have bags falling off my arms. Mm-hmm. Like, just someone opening the door for you or, mm-hmm. you know, can I get you anything? Can I – Some a lot of times people just start pushing walking for me so I don't have to do it. Or mm-hmm. these just the little things, you know? You're at the grocery store. Can I Do you need anything from the grocery store? That's huge for me too because mm-hmm. – you know, going to the grocery store with kids is not a treat, as we know. Mm-hmm. But going to the grocery store with a kid in a wheelchair is definitely not a treat. It's like a whole getting the wheelchair in, getting it out is just a pain in the butt, you know. Um, and I could do delivery groceries. But if someone texts me that they're at the grocery store and all I need is like milk and eggs, that's huge for me. You yeah. Know? All the little stuff. And I do think that as a community, we got better at that during the lockdown because if someone was out, you would text all your friends and be like, what do you need? You know, mm-hmm. what can I bring for you? And I think that that was one of the blessings of that time in our life is that people started to do that more. And I think it's carried over. And so that kind of stuff is really helpful for people. But I think volunteering at events is huge, Mm -hmm. you know, giving your time. Your time is invaluable. Um, So things like that, you know, showing up to events, big. And sometimes it's a pain, but it's worth it. And, you know, spreading awareness, you know, all that kind of stuff. You just never know who you're going to Who's going to hear your message and going to be that key factor for you, you know? What if some, I don't know, someone with big reach, some movie star hears about it and is like, I want to help this person. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You just never know. So all that stuff. Do you feel like there are people who pretend not to see you guys when they see you? Gosh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Possibly. It's a lot of work. Yeah, because I, mean, I, I don't understand, like, opening a door, yeah. that should be basic, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I would possible. I think there's I think there's times for all of us when we see people and we're tired and we don't want to communicate. You know, mm-hmm. I've done it. I'll see someone I know like across the way and I'm like, oh, too tired today. Getting in my car <laughs> and driving away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but we all have to take that when we need it. And I I think people do a pretty good job of connecting with us. So, yeah. What do you hope for Joaquin? I hope and I've always said that I just want him to be happy whatever that is that's what I want I want him to be happy I want him to live a full life if he wants to try something I'm going to make it happen 
no matter what it is. It might be modified from what his vision is, but we're going to do it. You know, if he wants to go somewhere, we're going to go. And, um, you know, just every day, I just want to do what he wants to do, you know, within reason. Um, so if I got home right now and he was like, I want to go to the boardwalk, I would probably go, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, if it makes him happy, I'm in. You're such a pillar of strength, Sarah. I know you will make it happen. Thank you. What do you hope for yourself? Gosh, I hope for myself that I can stay really healthy for him um, and that I don't work until I'm 80. (laughs) (laughs) Very reasonable. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, And just, you know, I just want to be healthy and happy and have a good relationship with my children. I want them to have all the opportunities that they can have. And I just love watching them grow. It's a really big gift. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Can you tell us more about your organization and how people can donate? Sure. Yeah. So um, you can go to our website, which is Um, There's a donate button on there. We list all of our events on there also. Um, so you don't, it's not just about monetary donations. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go, show up to events and bid on prizes, you can do raffles, you can buy drink tickets, you can buy food, all of that money goes directly to us. Um, You know, you could show up and volunteer. That's a huge way to donate. You don't have to be giving um, physical things. You can give of your time. Mm -hmm. And I always say that we would be nowhere without volunteers. And that's the gosh darn truth. I mean, when we put on big events, it takes 200 volunteers sometimes. and, And that's asking a lot of people. And it's hours and hours of volunteer work. So I always that is a huge gift to me. It's profound what your organization has done, even like supporting, you know, to buy wheelchairs yes. for other children. Yes, and vans and yeah. things that they need. They, these are not luxury items, you know. Yeah. These are basics that they need. That was so beautiful. And I just want to say, Sarah, I admire you so, so, so much. Thank you. And I've, I've seen your family over the past few years. I think you're just such a pillar of strength, kindness, and compassion. I just want to say I admire you so, so very much. Thank you. The feeling is mutual. Thanks for listening to Lost or Found. Please subscribe and follow Dr. Michelle Choi on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. For more information, visit our website, drlosterfound.com.